Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy who has a job. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And I'm Caroline. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. And also super quiet. I... (laughs) (laughs) Gonna get you to yell in here. Uh, (laughs) So, we're gonna continue our conversation about work. And last time it was a lot about the obstacles that we run into as being people in recovery, things that might be in our work history or not in our work history, uh, different complications that arise and now we're going to transition into like you know the idea that we carry these spiritual principles that we learn in recovery and and in our meeting and fellowship environment into all of our affairs right we take these out into the world we take them into our family life we take them into our work life and today specifically we're going to talk about what does that look like in our work lives in our professions right we we've probably all met the person who talks about the things they do at work at you know before or after the meeting or during the meeting and you're like holy shit that doesn't sound spiritual at all right you're taking materials from your job and that's stealing right <laughs> we've all kind of been put on to that idea i think when i got here well let's get real right when i got here i had never really held a job for real and so i didn't know what the hell to do with any of that but i heard stories about people and they were like, well, you just take materials home. If you're a roofer and you need stuff done on your roof, you just take roofing materials home. And it was like, okay, cool. Like, that's how you do it. And then I heard other people say, yeah, that's stealing. Like, that's not how we live life unless you ask the boss for it or the owner. Like, that's just stealing. Um, I'm sure there's some other, you know, good uh, anecdotal stories we have about different people and how they, they do maybe some weird things in our work environment. For me, like thinking about people like who have a reputation in a field like car dealers who who have a reputation of being shady. I'm like, how can you be a car dealer in recovery? But I've known a couple. Right. So I think it's just exploring how in the world we can use these principles to our advantage, maybe in professions where these principles seem like hindrances, maybe just in any of our jobs. So who's up? Who wants to say something about that? Well, I I can say I take materials home from my job of the type of like pens and paper, but I also work remotely. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think that's encouraged. Um yeah, you know, I think I think you brought up a really good point, Jason, the careers where almost the very act of being in that field is in direct contrast seemingly to the spiritual principles that we that we uh, that we are encouraged and 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 learn to apply in recovery. Car dealer is a good one. Another one I was thinking of was, you know, those people that like that whole subfield within the recovery field of people who are like actively recruiting people to go to their recovery program, mm. um, or or like selling families on the program. Um, there's some really cruddy stuff happening in that world um and maybe not all of those people certainly not all of those people are in recovery but certainly some of them are and 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 it really makes me question but i think i think humans also have a, a pretty strong ability to to justify their behaviors right so um Mm -hmm. that's probably something that's really really key in this is is making sure that you you have self-awareness and that you're not kind of justifying behaviors that that really go in opposition to your spiritual principle because it earns you money yeah Um, yeah we had that guy on uh basil came on and talked about you know the right quote-unquote right way to run recovery programs when you're a member of recovery and trying to be honest and I feel like I've heard stories and of course this is, you know, heard through, heard through, heard through people. And 
but of people who were car dealers who were good car dealers because of the fact that they were just straight up and honest like look this car is not the right car for you i'm not trying to make two billion dollars today it's it's more about like let's just put you in the right car for for your situation um and i was gonna i have a good friend that's a car dealer and we've had that conversation and he said exactly that he said i as a car dealer am more successful when people are happy and they come back to me or refer people to me, mm. like that's why being honest and getting someone the right fit works better. He's like, it's right. not, you know, in the long term, it's better for me to be honest than it is to just try to make a quick buck. But anyway, it it, just, it reminds me when you were talking about getting people in recovery programs. This situation, there was a company, and apparently there was a big fraud lawsuit thing that affected a member of the recovery community around Baltimore. I don't know the specific names of the company or anything, but. They they had some deal where they were like buying light bulbs and oh yeah getting uh, churches and shit mm-hmm. and old people Hustling. to buy these. It was yeah, yeah. that was yeah it's bulbing. It's a big. So I have a previous sponsor that did that for a lot of years and made a lot of money, and he got out of it for the ethical part. He said, "Man, after years of doing that, he's like, I was making tons of money and I just couldn't." couldn't do it anymore so and got out of it yeah i know a lot of people who were caught up in that yeah well the i mean so the thing that was going on while it was going on the talk was like hey people who are being recruited to do this who just stepped in the door of 12-step programs right they're new to recovery they're just trying to find a job this gets offered to them they get into it all of them kind of had that feeling like this just doesn't feel right and that's what happened with my previous sponsor he did right. someone offered him the job and he took it and he was good at it and right, made a right. lot of money <laughs> well but you have the people who have more time than you in recovery telling you you know they're That's your bosses fine. and they're yeah. like oh no this happens all over the place this is normal this is just what we do and then like feeling especially if these people we talked about in the first work episode if they have criminal backgrounds if they struggle to get jobs and you have one placed right in front of you like it makes it hard to leave or to get out of, even if you don't feel like it's the right thing to do. And so I, I could see how people could get caught up in that. But yeah, that's, I don't know. I guess one of those things, some things don't sit right with my, whatever you want to call it, spirit, soul, uh, self. And I just don't feel like I could ever do that. Not to mention, I hate making phone calls anyway, but yeah, that <laughs> just feels so, so off. Like how, why would you want to rape somebody of their money? Right. <laughs> take advantage of people i just it's very weird yeah so you know talking about situations where it does feel a little in opposition to our to our principles um i certainly encounter this at times at my work mm. where you know i work for a corporation and i'm in um management and there are times where i will find out or know things um that that my employees that work under me are are not supposed to know. Mm. Um, and that always feels very awkward to me um, because I tend to be fully transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, but in these very specific circumstances where it's like, you know, I, I know this, but I'm not allowed to tell the person this, I have to kind of talk about something else. Like that's always a bit of a struggle for me. And I will tell you that I, I, I generally, I mean, I do, I follow my company's protocols that, you know, there's certain information that is not intended to be, you know, disseminated down lower in the organization. Um, and I try to do that still within the, 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 the framework of my principles. So, I, you know, I'm not kind of outright lying. I just tend to avoid those subjects or or skirt mm-hmm. around them. But uh, yeah, that is something that, that feels awkward for me. And luckily, that is not something that happens on a regular basis. I would say I encounter that kind of situation maybe once a year, if that. Um, but yeah, that is probably for me that at my work, that's that's the only thing that kind of happens that can be in in opposition to kind of what my natural instincts are or my values um but it is something that i that i encounter yeah that's i mean i i just that feeling in general someone telling me something and beforehand they're like yeah look i'm gonna tell you this but don't tell so and so and i'm just like well just don't fucking tell me I don't have a hard time with it. Yeah, I'm not so curious that I need to know that at the cost of having to fucking worry about am I going to slip? Am I going to do this? Wrong? Like, I don't, nah, I don't even want to. Just yeah. don't tell me at all. 
I'm and, usually good with it, but I, I... Yeah, it puts you in a weird spot. Yeah, I'd rather not. And I've been in the same situation at work, and I, I, I'm i going to use the phrase justify it. I don't know that it's justifying it, but I justify, you know, knowing things that I'm not allowed to share with other employees or, or whatnot as... as I work for that company. I've agreed to do this job and perform these duties, and this is a part of it. And I have the choice to quit. Mm -hmm. If it goes against my morals and values, I can leave. But uh, I shouldn't do a bad job at my job because I don't agree with it morally or ethically. Or I just talk to my boss about it and say, hey, this is I don't know that this is the right thing to do or this is why I don't agree with that. And then we figure it out. But, right, right. Yeah, but I still think following... Follow my duties as an employee, my responsibilities as an employee for me has come first. Now, it's never been anything overly ethical, mm -hmm. you know. It's not like some sort of whistleblower situation where there's terrible things happening. The water's tainted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Right. So uh, that might be different. But. Right, right. But I'm sure that that is the excuse that or the justification that people use when they actually are doing things that are questionable. Yeah. You know, they can tell themselves that same thing. Well, this is my job. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like, what is the line? And, and I agree. I'm, I think that's the stance I take, too, which is why I do it, because that as a person in management at, at, at my company, that is an expectation that, you know, that I will at times know things and it's not for our, my my employees to know. Um, and it is, in most cases, benign. But again, that line, like, where's where's the line? Well, I, and to be honest, and this isn't a judgment or criticism of you, but it, it even sounded very much like a a justification when you were like, well, I'm not outright lying. And then I remember having a conversation with like a sponsor years and years ago where he was like, look, there's lying, telling false information. There's just not telling the whole truth, right? Like, that's part of lying. And then there's like... These other forms of lying. So, like, there's lying different. Lying by omission. Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> right. like, different versions of lying. So, like, we can say, well, I'm not outright lying. But we're, it's a lie either way. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think the real the real test for me when I think about kind of the one of the worst case scenarios of that potential situation would be if I knew, you know, like, everyone's getting laid off in a month. Mm. And I'm not allowed to tell them for a month until, like the day they're laid off and they're not getting severance you know something like that where it's like a really extreme impact to their lives right. and i know about it but they're not they're not supposed to know about it in advance and knowing about it in advance would allow them to prepare and find another you know like that mm -hmm. that would be the real real test because that that would be very hard for me but again the expectation would be that you know if my company says don't tell then i'm not supposed to tell that would really be that would be a big struggle. I was thinking, oh, I come out golden on the side of this therapist. Don't have no reason to lie. We're always doing <laughs> spiritual principles, and then I realize that's not true, right? So, a lot of insurance does not cover couples or families counseling, mm -hmm. right? And so, the way to get around that is to see one person and code it that way for insurance to cover it, and then just see everybody while you're doing that, and that's. A lie, mm -hmm. whether you know, no matter how you want to look at it. But I think there's a lot of therapists who would say, "Well, that's a lie because our system's fucked up, and we want to make sure these people get the help they need." Like we're family and couples problems are real and are affecting our our you know world, and they need right. to be addressed. And so we need to have this covered by insurance. So I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like that would be viewed by people in my arena as a a justifiable lie. Like it's yes, we know we're lying, but the point is we're lying for a purpose because the system's fucked up. Right. So does that change how we view like carrying out a spiritual principle? Like so, I, it's interesting. I have these conversations with somebody who follows more Buddhist practice versus like twelve step practice, I guess. And like 12 step is like, oh, no, you just follow the spiritual principles no matter what. That's just how you do it. You're always honest, period. Mm -hmm. Right. Even to the detriment of fucking people. And Buddhist practices is like, well, what's your intent? Well, if your intent is good, then it really doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing. Honestly, like if you lie to save someone's life, the fuck it. You lied to save someone's life. That's great. The intent was awesome. The ends justify the means. Right. So that's that's an interesting perspective, too. That does. I don't feel like we have that in. 12-step world like we don't talk about oh well your, if your intent was good that's fine i think that's a problem of addicts in general we think in these absolutes and concrete ways it's like learning about the gray areas of life and how to manage mm -hmm. those gray areas is where we struggle the most 
Hmm. Yeah, I but I do think, even though like technically our program is like never lie, I've had numerous sponsors over the years that have told me like, no, in that circumstance, it's okay. So in in like actual practice, I think that always feels weird. We have a saying that's fake it till you make it. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a lie. I don't see. That's funny. I always look at that differently. I always think of fake it till you make it. It's not like lie about where you're at. It's just act as if. Mm. I'm going to act as if I believe that things will work out, even if I technically don't yet. And we'll see what happens by just acting like they will. Yeah. Okay. Does that feel different or is that still yeah, feel like a lie? Different. Sounds different. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, interestingly, I did a little bit of Googling uh, because that's the most I do to prepare for this ever. Um, and came across uh, an article that talked about some things and the guy was talking about and who knows how old this shit was, but he was talking about building like parts that went on to F-16 bomber planes and talking Mm -hmm. with a sponsor about feeling like that's shitty, right? I'm like contributing to people dying probably. And his sponsor was like giving him this idea back of like, well, what do you do while you're creating these, you know, parts for the plane? Are you thinking about the families of the guys who are going to fly them and trying to keep them safe by your positive craftsmanship? Are you like creating these and like during that process saying a prayer for those pilots to stay safe and saying a prayer that they never have to be used to hurt anyone or harm anyone? Like, And I just found that kind of fascinating, this idea of like, am I expressing love as I perform my job? Like it, it's less about what I'm doing, so to speak, but more about the idea of like, well, how am I doing this? Am I doing this in a case of if i do a good job maybe people benefit from that you know like if i do this well is there a way i can do it that people prosper from me doing it or i can well wish the world while i do it thoughts on that i don't know i feel like if you're doing something that is like morally corrupt which i wouldn't argue that this example is there's no amount of like positive positive thoughts or positive thinking that you can do to counteract that you know i hope the money from these jacked up priced light bulbs goes to help (laughs) (laughs) well i took a little different understanding of what you said which fits for my situation is that like when i do my job at work i manage a heating service company and and you know i try to think of well how would i want to be treated if i were the customer how would i how do i respect people that we're doing business with how do i honor them as individuals like these are people that are working giving their hard-earned money to our company and you know do we just look at every opportunity as a way to take more money out of their pocket or do we try to be fair and honest and and respectful of them um and in that case it makes the job way easier because when there are conflicts or differences like i don't go into if if somebody's mad at us or upset about something a bill or a issue that they had like when they call i don't immediately feel defensive because i know that our company tries to be fair and honest and yes we make mistakes and we'll take ownership if we made a mistake but if you got a bill and you don't like it you know i don't feel like i'm not immediately like defensive and argumentative and things like that so it makes that aspect of things easier because i know our approach comes from like the right place right what about you what do you think how does that affect you i don't know i i come back to so so a few years ago i remember um trying to get my husband at the time uh into treatment and I had called or detox or something and I had called Mercy Detox and they only apparently take people that don't have private insurance. And so they put me in touch with what I found out was one of those like selling recruiter people. Mm. And I ended up on the phone with this person. And I mean, the things that this person was saying to me were 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 shocking for someone in recovery, like literally telling me that like if my husband attended their program, he would be guaranteed success. And if he wow. didn't, then, you know, he was guaranteed failure. And wow. as someone in recovery, I can know that that is bs but when i think about the families that don't have m- my background and knowledge like to know that they're being told this stuff felt like morally reprehensible yeah. so then if i think about that person then being like oh but i'm while i'm saying this absolute garbage to take advantage of people like in 
the worst times of their lives, but I'm I'm putting positivity and love out there. Mm-hmm. It it just doesn't. It just well, I doesn't. I think it has more to do with coming at things from a spiritual place, you know. Right. But not can but you? what that person is right. doing can, is not that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that's so I'm thinking of kind of those worst case scenario yeah. careers where it's like there's just really no way to you can spin it in your head and I'm sure they do. But there's really no way to like line that up. Like it, that just doesn't. It, well, the math doesn't work. Sure, there. I mean, we all know people or have had experiences where people are living against the values and and morals that they seem to have. You know, and I hate to use this, but it's like having affairs and things like that. Like we've all known people that do those things, and it's like if you ask them. They know it's wrong and they know it's not what they should be doing. And when they share, they don't share about those things. But then the payoff, that's what they're doing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to fall into that with work as it is in relationships, you know, because Mm -hmm. there is a, a, a value of work to making money, being, you know, quote unquote successful, which in a lot of careers means making money or having the highest sales or getting the most people in the door, you know, whatever that Mm -hmm. means to be successful. And then you're getting that positive reinforcement from your boss or the people in your company or you're honored with a fucking award. You know, yeah, I got the most people into treatment this month. I got a bonus of $5,000. Like, you know, those, those reinforcements help you continue to justify and rationalize well it's a job and they're going to go somewhere and might as well get them here at least we have a good program or i think our program's better whatever you know it's tricky well and and i think i mean there's one thing about carrying spiritual principles into our workplace and there's a whole nother idea of can you is it possible to practice spiritual principles in a place that is out to take advantage of people like when your sole intent from the beginning of the company is to take advantage of people that just might not be a job where spiritual principles are ever going to apply like that's somewhere where you hope somebody who is practicing spiritual principles just doesn't work right i I don't know that there's some way to like like if my whole job is based on getting people into a certain treatment center and i can't do that just based on saying hey you know, we're a treatment center. This is what's positive about us. There's some other people out there that do some different things or some similar things. You know, we're just one of those spots. If that's not enough to sell people on it. And this comes back to one of our traditions, right? That one of the 12 step traditions is about the idea of like attraction rather than promotion. And it's not that they don't promote that they exist. The theory is they don't promote some outlandish claims. It's just like, this is what has worked for some people and it might work for you. Check it out. And, and I feel like if a company could do that, that's not taking advantage of people. But once you move into we only make money by people's ignorance, mm-hmm. there's no spirituality in that. And I don't think you can bring any to it and be successful. Right. Yeah. At the core. I mean, I was thinking when you when you started talking about this, I was thinking about the light bulb scam and uh you know, can those employees could those employees bring spiritual principles to work? And they certainly could in their interactions with each other, you know, that, you know, you could come in that day and say hi and, you know, bring your buddy a coffee and be a nice person and, you know, be willing to help that, you know, your fellow employees and, and you could even be super like nice and friendly and polite and compassionate on the phone. You know, you had someone on the phone who's having a bad day, you could talk, but at the core the core objective of your of your business is is not going to be aligned with spiritual principles. Right. So does that override everything else? And and I would say it does. Well, I know there's a ske- at least what I understand of. I mean, do, do you know how the light bulb scam works? No. Okay. So <laughs> I'm a guy on the phone. You're a purchaser at a big giant warehouse, say Amazon warehouse. This okay. is the way I understand that it works. I call you up. Hey, Jason, how you doing? I'm George, because I'm not never going to give you my real name. I'm George. I, you know, work for this company and we sell light bulbs and, and other things for your industry and uh, blah, 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 you know, sales pitch. And we give out, you know, bonuses and incentives for people. You can't say it exactly this way, but there's a there's some wording you can use. Okay. And uh, why don't you if you give me your home address, I can send you some of these coupons and discounts that we have to offer. And then I would send you like 
$50, $100 gift cards to, say, Outback Steakhouse or whatever to try to bribe you to buy light bulbs from me, then you're getting a, a kickback to mm-hmm. use my company to buy your light bulbs. And I'll send you light bulbs, but I'm going to send you whatever the T87 bulbs that you can buy at Lowe's for whatever, $100 a case, but I'm going to charge you $400 a case for them. So there's a skirting around of like, if we never talk about price and I just bribe you into buying from me, then I can sell you 50 cases of light bulbs at $400 a piece. And then I just go to Lowe's and pick them up for $100 a piece and ship them to you. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, unethical like the the way i understood it works and they may be ripping off little old ladies yeah. but the way i understood it worked is the goal was to get these big corporate accounts where someone in purchasing is not in connection with the actual guy who's making the purchase and then these bills just get sent in with a po that just gets paid and nobody's ever questioning anything yeah so that's I don't, the way that scam kind of works i don't know the so the version the that was happening down in east baltimore i don't your sponsor wasn't probably working at that company? No, he's been out of that for a long, long time. So the, 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 the company that was in East Baltimore, I think it was worse. So my husband worked there for a couple of weeks, a few <laughs> weeks maybe. Um, and I have some friends that were involved in all of that. And it was, it was preying on smaller businesses where, especially churches, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, things are a little more mismanaged. They're not... People aren't always like super aware of like what's going on or, you know, their primary purpose isn't to be a business. Right. Right. So they have less stringent business practices. And my understanding was the salesperson would call up and act as if a sale had already been made Mm. and say, can I mark? Okay, it's time to renew. Can I mark you down for another hundred boxes? And that person they're talking about probably doesn't really know. Mm. And then they send them with this massive bill. Yeah, and it's funny. We get those calls all the time. You know, at our office, it's toner. Oh, you know, we're due for toner for your copy machine. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. Like, oh, it's time to update your whatever. And, and their companies like, you've not worked with yeah, before. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, we know. I mean, I know who they all are. So right. we know right away. Like, well, we like to have you. fun with those people when they call. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They want the model number of the copier. We just start making things up and telling them <laughs> different things. It's fun. It's a D-I-C-K-6-9 version. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to anybody listening to Recovery Sort of right this moment, your car's extended warranty is probably about to expire. <laughs> and if you just hit, right. click that donate uh, tab <laughs> on our website, recoverysortof.com, you can gladly PayPal us and we will cover you. Not really. <laughs> yeah, but but it, is, it is odd to me that, like, say, these would be people in recovery that would end up in those businesses um, because, you know, my previous sponsor again he got the job from someone in recovery and i'm sure they did other shady stuff because he got out of it because it was shady and a lot of that stuff's illegal like i'm not allowed to offer you kickbacks to buy from me like that's bribery it's not allowed (laughs) yeah and Hmm. you know then if people do question bills you're caught in lying you know trying to justify why you're overcharging for things and so are you surprised as people in recovery that do that kind of work um yeah, I mean, I guess I am. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it makes a lot of sense to me. Like, And not to say that people in recovery are bad or anything along those lines, but when we first get here, we are probably very used to shady practices in our life of how to manipulate mm. and make money from nothing. And I think it is this process of recovery that helps us learn. Like, there's a reason we have to learn the spiritual principles, you know, in our version, at least through the 12 step program, there's other programs that do it in other ways, but there's a reason that we have to be retaught these things and recover them, right? Because we've lost them. And, and our way of life is very, how do I get over on everyone around me? I think we're like the perfect candidates when we walk in the door to do that kind of work. Like, yeah, this feels like what I did before, right? I'm I'm good at this. Yeah, I think the shame is when, you know, it's the person with 15 years clean who's owning, who owns the business and is running the business. That's the part that is more disappointing than, you know, the people that are working there with, with six months or something. Yeah, and I guess that's more what I meant is yeah. that these are people in long-term recovery. Like, say, the, the guy that recruited, 
you know, my previous sponsor was someone in recovery that recruited him when he walked through the door. Right. Like, hey, you're good at talking to people. Why don't you come, you know, <laughs> rip off some companies for me? This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. So to take this in a slightly different direction, um, what about instead of the necessarily the work practices, right? The just the idea of does my on-the-job behavior demonstrate humility and loving service, right? Like I, I think a lot of us go to work and we're miserable, and and we probably have crappy attitudes. Maybe we're not at the job we want. Maybe we don't feel like we make enough money. And there's nothing wrong with any of those thoughts. But how do we act on them while we're there? Do I just go to work and, and understand that, hey, somebody's paying me, maybe not enough, but they're paying me to do a service right now. And like, that is my job today. So I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm not going to take extra breaks in the bathroom on my phone. I'm not going to take hour long shits. I'm not going to like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, steal material. I'm not going to like, is it just, am I, I'm not going to treat my coworkers with disrespect, right? I'm, I'm not just going to. Uh, and, and I guess I always look back to my own experience, like construction site work, like people losing their fucking minds and being angry with people around them or, or when mistakes happen, like, am I just being a, you know, I hate to just say just a good human being, but am I practicing these principles just in the way I carry myself and my attitude, right? Yeah, maybe I am tired and I don't really want to be here, but this is what people pay me to do. And I signed up to do that. We created some contract to do that. Like, am I carrying out my duties with humility and loving service in mind while I'm here. So in my recovery practice in my normal life, I've come to believe and come to experience that when I practice spiritual principles in my life, things get better than if I just try to manipulate and do the easiest thing in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I've come to have those experiences over and over and over again. It's like doing the right thing in the moment leads to better outcomes later on down the road. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been my experience at work. So, you know, more recently in the last couple of years, um, I've taken on a different management role. And I try to bring in a lot of the spiritual principles, you know, that I learn in my life into work, honesty, communication, like making sure everybody's getting what they need out of their job, you know, checking in with each individual employee. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? And I think overall that's led to a much better attitude that carries mm -hmm. through to everyone. Like people feel like they matter, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That they're not just coming in to punch a clock and, and being able to create that i don't know what you want to call it like that sense of community and shared purpose and and a shared vision within our service department has led to a lot of success hmm. um so it's like like say maybe you know practicing these principles and just trusting that the outcome's going to work out the way it's supposed to right. um, that's been the case you know in the last couple years hmm. yeah i would say um I definitely have brought spiritual principles and, and the practices I've learned in recovery into my careers and my jobs. And, um, you know, it's it's paid off dividends for me. And I think it's paid off for other people as well. You know, when I, when I started where I work now, um, I didn't manage anyone. Um, so I didn't really have as much of an impact on, on other people at the company as I do today. Um, but certainly applying things like willingness and, um, commitment and, um, uh, perseverance, things, things of that nature to just my, my job and my tasks, um, really helped me to, to be recognized as a good employee and, and get the benefits of that, um, and and now that I do manage people and I have a direct impact on on other people's 
working life, which let's be honest, I mean, we we spend unfortunately in this country, we spend a good portion of our working our waking hours working. Yeah. Like work ends up being a huge part of your life. Three and, day work week. Yeah. <laughs> um four hours a day. Three days. Yeah. I can't survive on that, but <laughs> more pay. I, Double the pay. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um I uh you know, I with my employees I really try to make sure that they are are having a good experience. Um, because I believe that when people are happy and they feel appreciated, that's when they're gonna be the most successful and the most productive. But definitely trying to um, you know, I don't view myself as their their boss so much as as like their co-worker and leader right um so yeah, it's not, a good word yeah, yeah it's not my job to micromanage them or or you know grind them down into the 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 dirt if they do something wrong or you know like my my job is to enable them to to grow and become better not just in their job today, but for, for future jobs too. Um, and I think that, that that really pays off. And I do that through humility is like a huge one. Like um, I'm, I, I take a very humble approach with my team in that I'm kind of always constantly seeking their feedback and like having them weigh in on, on the different things that they are involved in. Um, because I believe like two heads are better than one and Democratic. four heads are better than two. And um <laughs> You know, like recognizing people's intrinsic value and worth kind of regardless of where they maybe fall within the organization. Um, but that all pays off for me too, right? Like, I, you know, I, I, when I have a team that's, that's happy, they're doing better work. They're, you know, rating me as, as a, as a boss or a manager, as a leader better. So that's getting me recognized further up in the organization. But it also just, it sits right with me and and I'm really fortunate. And I think you guys can probably speak to this too, that like after having been in this program for many years, number of years, I don't know how you want to quantify. I mean, we're all over a decade. So um, that behavior, that way of treating other people does become second nature. So it almost is just my instinct in, in many cases to behave that way with my employees because that's how I've learned to behave with with humans, with, right. with people, yeah. you know? I think uh, I think the two heads are better than one principle is applied in the porn arena too. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we mentioned... Hmm. That's like, nice to go there, Jason. Yeah. That's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> so we, we mentioned like... Uh, angry at work or, 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 you know, cheating on your contractual obligation by taking too many breaks or too much time on break. But like also one that came up for me is gossiping, right? Like how, how am I living at work? Am I frustrated by someone else's lack of performance or job performance and I'm approaching them and talking about it like humbly and lovingly like, Hey, look, you know, when you do this, I feel like it makes my job harder and, and I really wish we didn't work this way. Or am I just going behind their back and talking to everybody else about how much they suck as an employee and how much I hate them? Because I feel like option two is probably the more common option. And I'm not talking about for everybody else. I'm talking about for me, like I have done that at jobs in my life. And you know, so there's these these little ways, and I think these examples that we don't think about sometimes, like like gossiping is a huge thing in a work environment, right? A lot of people talk about their work feels like a soap opera. I know we don't talk about soap operas much in 2021, but I grew up with them. So, um, yeah, just what attitude am I carrying into my work, right? Is it the same attitude I would carry into my family? Would I just talk behind one of my family members' backs instead of, well, maybe I would, right? I don't know, but... Maybe that's also something I want to evaluate. How would I handle it if I was being of service in the program or the fellowship that I'm involved in, right? Would I carry my work duties out in the same manner? Would I be just as excited about work as I am about putting on an NA event or taking a meeting into a hospital and institution? Like, what kind of vibe am I bringing to work? And I think you both kind of spoke on that a little bit. I don't know. I str that's one area that I struggle the most, and I will justify what I do by saying it's not really gossip. <laughs> so I, what I will do it's is definitely not go to <laughs> like the other. So I supervise a, a group of guys that are all service mechanics and repair guys, and 
you know, they all have their own shortcomings and defects and, you know, I'm aware of what they are for the most case. And occasionally they create problems. Some of it is the, the soap opery aspect of things. I, one of my responsibilities, I feel like is to like squash that shit before it has a chance to this guy said this and he did that and he was here, but he didn't do this and it made it harder for me, you know, all that shit. I try to eliminate all of that. It shouldn't ever get past me amongst them. But what I do <laughs> to to vent some of that is I have another guy in the organization that's like an equal level to me that I will call him and bitch and complain. And it probably is gossiping about, you know, fucking this guy did this today and fucking stupid, you know. But yeah. I, like, and I've justified it by being like, so there's no like direct consequence to that guy for mm -hmm. that. And it helps me not? to get rid of it and let it go. And then I can just, like, for, for me personally, like, to do that, then I'm done with it. I don't mm -hmm. hang on to it. I'm not carrying that over and stuffing it down. It's a way of venting it. And it's probably not the best. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, that's the way you should handle it. Because it's probably not a good way to handle it. But I feel like just stuffing it down isn't. Right. And if it is something that needs addressed with an individual, I don't have a problem going and talking to the individual about the situation. Um, it's usually just dumb shit that it's like, are you really, aren't you a grown fucking adult? Do you really have to like, so, act like this in this situation? <laughs> like what? I would argue, and not really argue, but I would point out for me, at least in my experience with those type of situations, the ben the the drawback or the repercussion for the individual is that I am continuing to spread a negative view of them amongst other individuals. So mm -hmm. next you know next week when they do something quote unquote dumb, and the other manager has to deal with it, he's already coming in with this negative bias towards that individual. The last dumb thing they did that he would have never even heard about but you had to talk about it. And the success I've found in that is talking to somebody outside of the whole thing about it, right? So I still get the opportunity to vent. It's just to somebody who doesn't even know that person and doesn't work there and doesn't care. And that provides the space to not stuff it down and it doesn't come back and, and carry on. But I, I mean, you know, your setup might work for you, right? And, and maybe if that other manager is keyed into spiritual principles of like understanding that you're just venting and it's not about holding on to this and, and having this negative light, you know, cast over this person. So Well, and it is funny because he does the same thing with me, and we'll tell each other that when we call. Like, hey, I'm just calling to, to bitch because I just got to get this out. <laughs> and he'll do the same thing with me. He'll be like, I'm just calling to fucking just get, you know, I just, I got to get rid of this, so I'm telling you. <laughs> so and I think that's kinda... definitely different than gossiping. Mm -hmm. Um. And I would also say one can make an argument that, that that is providing transparency to the other manager. Like maybe it's important for the manager to know the other things that are happening in the organization within the context of like that next time he has to deal with that employee. Now he knows what else is going on. Well, yeah, but it's a little different to have like, hey, just to let you know, had an interaction with this guy. These are the facts of what happened. You know, you might want to know that going forward in case we need to have some kind of repercussions against <laughs> Uh, what's going on? Bless you. Thank you. That was me. That's my attempt to not oh, I'm totally blow gonna... my broken ribs out when I, when I sneeze. Um, so it, it's one thing to present those facts, but it's another thing to be having a vent session, right? Because that's a lot of probably extra that mm. doesn't just go into yeah. the facts of the situation. Um, tying into that a little bit, like, and and I think this is an idea. Look, it's a, it's been a biological imperative, meaning it's been good for us to stay alive to have a negativity bias, right? We notice what's wrong in the environment because that keeps us safe and living. So I get it. We all have that to some extent. Some some of ours are more cultivated than others. Mine in particular, I like to see what's wrong, not what's right. <laughs> um, but this idea of like, when's the last time I was looking for positive behaviors or contributions from the people around me at work and pointing them out to them, right? Like when's the last time I told somebody, dude, you were doing such a great job today and I, I really appreciate that you work here, right? And it doesn't always have to be for the biggest thing. Sometimes congratulating people for mundane things pumps them up to do better, right? And, and I just think that's a great attitude to carry into our work environments and one that recognition is something I have not gotten much of in most of the jobs I've been mm -hmm. at some, 
but most probably not. And and how much more would I want to go there? Or or maybe I'd still be there if people were pointing out you're doing a good job. I, I really appreciate your help here. It's great. I don't feel like we do that enough. So I, I almost feel like in your position, you probably do that plenty. <laughs> we do it a lot. We So we do a ton of pushes for that you know, rate your experience with our service and blah, blah, blah. And we get so much positive feedback. Anytime that a guy is specifically mentioned in a compliment or where they say like the service tech that came to our house or the guy, we specifically pointed out to the guy, he, hey, so-and-so mentioned you in a comment, you know, things like that. Um, Speaking of the bitch session, though, it reminded me of, so there was a lot of like, what felt like gossip amongst the service guys about different problems and issues. And then I would hear it, you know, so-and-so was bitching about this or that. So then I'd go to that person and be like, hey, you know, I heard you didn't, you know, it was an issue. Oh, no, no. And then they act like they don't know what you're talking about because that's their version of wanting to just bitch about Mm -hmm. stuff. So then we started like a monthly service meeting and there became an opportunity of like, hey, does anybody have complaints? Like now's the time to bring it up. You can bring it up in a group. You can all gang up on me and tell me what I'm doing wrong or what things could be better or, you know, just take this as an opportunity to approach me, you know, individually and bring up what the problems are and addressing their problems when they actually have them. Because that's the other thing. If you make a situation where they can vent their problems or concerns but then do nothing, they will stop telling you their problems and concerns. You actually have to follow through on fixing problems or addressing issues if you want people to give them to you. And uh, by creating that space, I think that's helped a lot. Um, But that's also been an opportunity, getting back to your compliments thing, is where everyone and individuals get compliments during that time, like in front of all their peers and all their coworkers. You know, so it's, it's an opportunity there, you know, each service meeting to tell them what a great job they're doing, specifically what jobs they got extra compliments on, things like that in front of their coworkers, in front of their bosses. And I think that helps a lot. Yeah. So I actually had a conversation about this on Friday. So I feel like I, I do a pretty good job of like anytime I, get something from a from one of my employees that I feel like they did a good job at I I I do a pretty good job of like great work thank you exclamation point you know in an email Um, smiley face (laughs) here's a little sticker sometimes I'm all I'm I'm really big with the exclamation points um and and making a big deal out about it sometimes you know like one of my employees fixed like a graphic that that we had both kind of been contributing to um but she is a much stronger graphic designer than I am and she works magical like she got it good and I I sent her an email and I was like oh my gosh so much better I I knew you could fix this and then I was like now I love it exclamation point exclamation great work or something like that um but one of my peers I've noticed so our, our program our company has this program called Bravo where you can like send people like appreciation awards and then they get these points and then the points can be used to buy gift cards or different items on this website. Um, and I noticed that he had been sending some of my employees Bravos. Like I had gotten a couple because every time they get one, I have to approve it. And I messaged him and I'm like, are you Bravoing your employees at the same like the way you're Bravoing mine? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. Like I I don't generally bravo my employees unless there's something like really outstanding that they've done. And I talked with him a little bit and kind of got a sense of the cadence he was doing it and like his use case. And now I'm going to be making a better effort to really look for opportunities to to use that system more. Um, so I think there's I, and I think that's again, that's that's something recovery taught me is that like there's always room for growth. There's always room to get better at anything I'm trying to do. So even though like I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty good manager, I know that I have opportunities to to be a better manager and I can seek those out and I can take in that feedback and and then try to implement it. And I feel like that really does come from from recovery. Yeah, being introspective and sort of maybe not formally but like taking an inventory of the situation, what things are going good, what things working well, what things aren't working so good. Right. I mean, and another with the humility piece, another thing with individuals just 
like say principles I've learned in the program that I can take into work is, you know, certain employees, certain guys that work with me have stronger skill sets and, and weaker skill sets. And I can sort of honestly evaluate that and put them in better situations to succeed instead of forcing them to all be like, you know, in a service industry, some guys are better at certain things than others. And I've gotten to know each individual guy instead of being mad that so-and-so can't do this or that so-and-so is better at that. I just try to put them in the situations that allow them to succeed. You know, it makes my job a little bit harder but it, in the end, makes it easier because then they're set up for success and they're not in a situation where they feel overwhelmed or doing something that they're not capable of. And, mm. you know, just being able to to look at each person as an individual. They're not just service mechanics. Like, they're individuals with individual abilities and skills and treating them that way. One question I, I think might be a useful question to ask ourselves is if I were the customer that's interacting with me, or if I were my employer, would I want 50 more of me? Like, you know, really evaluating, like, am I a contributing I like employee, mm -hmm. right? And would somebody want more people just like me coming on? Or, you know, uh, do I evaluate that and say, oh, Maybe, yeah, if they had 50 of me, they'd probably go out of business <laughs> in the goddamn bathroom all day looking at Pornhub. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. So it's, it's hard to think of this from anything but my experience. Like I, for whatever reason, have just generally been a good employee. I don't know if that means I just buy in or I just hate myself enough that I want to do a good job and get validation. But for whatever reason, like I've always strived to, you know, get not really get recognized, but just to do whatever I'm doing the right, good way. Like even when I worked at McDonald's at 19 years old, it was like, I want to put the exact amount of mustard on this sandwich that's supposed to be on this sandwich every fucking time, just because that's how I like, I don't want to serve a burger where the burger's half off and the cheese is half off the other direction. And like, I want this motherfucker to look like it looks in a picture, right? Or a burger that doesn't have a burger in it. Yeah. I've heard of that. But, but like whatever internal drive I had to make this picturesque model McDonald's burger, right? It's not because they were paying me, you know, a billion dollars. It was like $6 an hour at that point in time. Actually, I think it was like $5 an hour at that point in time. And I don't know what that drive was. So it's hard for me to understand completely what it's like to be a shitty employee. I, I think there's been times when I got a little disenfranchised with my jobs and probably wasn't the greatest employee anymore. But even me at like half ass was still pretty decent. Yeah. So it's it's hard to picture just wanting to go in and be bad or wanting to get just a paycheck and not do a good job. Like for me it wasn't even about the paycheck. I just did a good job because I'm motivated by some other shit inside me. So I learned an interesting concept listening to uh some some literature i say listening to literature like that sounds weird but it's an audio book on uh the adult children of alcoholics and they had a concept in there i guess they call it basic text in their text that was this idea that our character defects become rewarded outside of our individual lives like society wise mm -hmm. our character defects are rewarded and mm -hmm. so for me my success at work has probably been more due to that is that I am a people pleaser and an overachiever. Mm. And so that looks really good to an employer when you're a people pleaser and an overachiever right. <laughs> because you'll go above and beyond and you want everything to be good and you want everybody to like you and get your approval. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I would, I'm not a people pleaser at all. Definitely not. I'm definitely not. <laughs> um, but I, I probably am an overachiever. And that's interesting because I was thinking, Jason, when you were talking, you said, you know, I don't understand people who don't want to do a good job. And I was thinking, well, maybe they just haven't had the experience of how good it feels to to do a good job in and of itself, not for the recognition, but just to know that like I set out to do this thing and I did it well and I accomplished it. And that's a good feeling. But maybe we're all three just overachievers. <laughs> and other people don't get well, value from that feeling. Well, I don't and know. I, and I think what you're saying kind of ties in. You know, we did that polyvagal uh, episode that was about the different states of the nervous system and how it reacts to dangerous cues. Um, listen to it. It's kind of interesting. But 
maybe people don't get that reward, right? Like we have an intrinsic reward system that feeds us based on how it's programmed. And so whatever reason, we three seem to be programmed to the fact that like, you know, oh, doing good and people giving pats on the back. Yay, I'm a good boy, right? That's great. Um, other people might be rewarded by the feeling of doing nothing. Like that might be re the reward. Like, oh, it feels good to not fucking do work. Yeah, while I had I'm a in cousin that her job was to sit in one of those little tiny cubicle boxes in the city and like she at a gas station. And she just managed the pumps at the gas station, handed out cigarettes, and she loved it. She would sit there for eight hours and do nothing. Like, that was great. Right. So <laughs> everybody's programmed to get a reward in their own way, and that, that would make this trickier, right? That would make... But I think the question, like, what are my motives for doing my best at this job? Am I trying to get a raise? Am I trying to get promoted? Am I trying to get recognized? Am I just trying to feed this inner emptiness still just through work, you know, achievement of doing a good job and being happy with it? Or is my motive really to serve others, right? Because I think maybe that's the most spiritually principled centered place is, am I just here to do the best job at serving others? And, and that's probably a stance... I don't think I've ever thought that question at any of my jobs. Maybe the one I currently have, <laughs> but but not so much in any other position. Like, am I serving others well? It's am I doing a good job? And that's two totally different questions, I think. Right. Yeah, I would say for my job when I started, and I wasn't looking for a job that had anything to do with serving others. And on the surface, what I was doing didn't necessarily appeal appear to be serving others. I was writing documents to further our our sales basically um and uh but what i realized after i had been in the job for a while was one of the things i liked best about it was that in writing those documents i was directly helping other people within our business and i i loved that i loved being able to help other people within the business and get them what they need and do these things that maybe they weren't so good at doing themselves or finding them the information they need. Like that was one of the things I loved most about my job. And so I think there are a lot of jobs where you, it maybe doesn't on its surface. Like obviously, Jason, your your job on its surface very much appears to be a job about helping <laughs> others. Like right. that is what it is. But I think most jobs, there is a, a component to that, whether it's just like your coworker or, um, you know, if you're a janitor and the people that are going to come and use the building, I appreciate four hours totally later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> there's you. all, I think there's always that, that way to kind of frame. I can't think of a, a job where you're not in some way helping someone else. So, yeah. Or maybe, you know, instead of like for myself, just focusing on serving our customers, it's also to serve the employees and the people that work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like not just about mm -hmm. outside of our organizations, within the organization, how am I serving those people that I work with as well? Yeah, the, the view of the customer is always right is usually to the detriment of the employee that was dealing with the customer that might be out of order, right? Like, so yeah, sometimes the employee messed up, but sometimes the employee didn't and the customer's just not satisfied. And, you know, a manager might step in and appease the customer is always right idea, but that kind of really invalidates the employee in that moment, right? So w we need to do have a balance of, you know, stepping up for both of those people. Yeah, the customer is important and their feelings matter, but so do our people. Um, and, and I think, uh, at least for me, the last piece I had of this is like, can I carry the spiritual principle of trust into my work that if I live in spiritual principles without manipulating the outcomes, it'll work out well for me, right? Is, can I trust in that idea that if I just show up, if I just live in these spiritual principles, do my best job for the right reasons of trying to help the world, will that get me what I need in life, whether that's enough money to get by, whether that's, you know, a, a promotion or recognition that comes with that. Can I trust that? Or do I need feel the need to like not trust and kind of manipulate the situation to get the raises that I think I deserve or, or things of that nature? I don't think you can always trust that within every organization or every job. But I think that if you act in those ways and you start to see that your contributions are still not being valued or you're not seeing indications of the progress you're looking for, or you're getting to a point where you hate your job. That's an indication that, okay, it's time for me to, to make a, make a switch. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I, I really believe, like I said, like people spend so much of their life working. If you hate your job, you're going to be a miserable person. Like there's, mm. I, I don't think that there's a way around that. Um, so I would encourage anyone who hates their job, figure out what it is you hate about it mm. and find something, even if it's still not your dream job, find something that's not going to have that thing you hate. Well, and I, and I think this kind of ties into that a little bit, this idea of how much we work. You, you've said that a couple of times today. Uh, the people who are driven so much to do a good job at work that maybe they're not doing the greatest job in their family. And I don't know if that ties into how do we carry spiritual principles into our home life episode or if that falls more into this or somewhere in between. But yeah, it is am I following this spiritual principle idea of like, yes, I've given my company their signed up for amount of hours and now I'm going to go home because my day's over and it's time for me to be of service elsewhere. Like this, this idea that like, I don't have to continue to go above and beyond for my job to the detriment of the other parts of my life that matter. I think that's valuable too, because there's a lot of companies that make you feel like overtime is like necessary, or if you don't, you won't be viewed well. And, and can I carry my spiritual principles of like, trusting that the outcome of that will be, well, you might not view me well, but I do a good job while I'm here and it's time for me to go home. My day's done. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, you know, companies have, companies have culture, right? Every company has a unique culture and that culture generally aligns with values and principles of its own. So if you're working at a company that maybe doesn't have the same values and principles you have, that could be another indication that it's time to make change. You know, I, the company I work at does have a value of like employee autonomy and flexibility um, and work-life balance. Like these are things that, that they explicitly say is, is important to them. And I see the ramifications of that. But then on the flip side too, I'm a salaried employee, so I don't have work hours. I have an mm -hmm. expectation of work product and sometimes that does mean that I have to work longer than an eight-hour day to accomplish my my objectives with my work product. Um, so understanding that too, right? Like, are you salaried or are you hourly? What is what are the expectations you signed up for when you mm -hmm. took the job, and are you meeting those expectations while also still being able to balance the other things in your life? Well, and we're talking to you know you mentioned culture like when we're talking about carrying spiritual principles into our jobs the big question i guess would be does this company's vision culture and bottom line align up enough with my vision culture and bottom line that that's possible mm -hmm. right because if they are too out of alignment like well this probably is not going to work yeah right. i was lucky in in my job i realized that i had some influence over the culture like i was in a position of authority enough that i could either just sit back and be a product of that culture or i could try to make some active changes to kind of change the culture a little bit right and i mean i think we've done that to some degree so getting to our, our hour mark uh, any f more thoughts about work and spiritual principles that we want to add in just for me i think live working for a company that has shared values or that i can live by the values that i believe in it makes my life and my job so much easier you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's i don't go home in these ethical dilemmas and and things and there was a time in my life where i felt like i was doing that um, and i don't do that anymore i do a good job i feel like the people that work for me and with me are happy and and feel competent about themselves and i feel good about the work we do and and it's not like say it's not overly emotionally rewarding but you know we live by values and principles that we share we're honest we're hardworking. we do a good job we don't try to take advantage of people like there are things like that that just they might not be overly outwardly rewarding but there's a sense of relief in living that way a peace that comes in living that way and being able to work in an environment that is that way yeah and i think another thing to note is that there can be subcultures too like you could be working for a big organization that maybe the culture of the organization as a whole is not really super aligned to to your values and principles but you know within potentially your department or your area there's a little bit of a different culture in place and and 
and that works better for you. So it doesn't always have to be, you know, I think of like Amazon and like, do I, do I feel like I align with their culture and values? No, but could there be a place at Amazon for me where, where, you know, it's far enough removed from kind of the top that it does have a different feel or or value you don't humbly lovingly want to send jeff bezos into space <laughs> my god what's wrong with your spiritual principles uh yeah and and i would say uh you know the first step to anything is awareness right like this might be something we've just never thought of so let's question ourselves what spiritual principles am i enacting at work right am i honest am i open-minded am i willing am i being of humble service am i here just to be of service to others and, and do the best i can am i trying to be loving in my actions like just questioning ourselves like what does this actually look like in my life who am i really um and then from there we get to make the adjustments when we have the awareness of what we see that we don't like yeah just like other spiritual principles you know we learn about in recovery just try it and see try to practice those principles and see if it makes a difference fake it till you make it there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right stay safe Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. 